0: Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by two professors who have funny, at least we think so, deep and disagreeing conversations about politics, education, and pop culture. We have different worldviews, different backgrounds, and different beliefs on how great a film The Joker is.
1: This week is Crap Job Pod. We talk bad bosses, crap pay, and terrible work.
0: Anthony hey Rebecca we're here to talk about crap jobs
1: crap job pod 2020 <laughs>
0: 2020
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be clear I need to say up front to be clear I every job I've ever had until this one I haven't liked I haven't been fulfilled I've always until this particular job everything's been lacking it's like I've been so they're all crap Compared Mm. to this one, but we're going to isolate a few.
0: Absolutely. Not necessarily in chronological order.
1: Absolutely not.
0: So when we quickly chatted about this, we said, Crap job pod, bad bosses, crap pay, terrible work. So let's just jump in to bad bosses. We've both landed a job where we don't have a bad boss. um, But we've had them in the past. Do you have a worst boss ever?
1: Um... Sure, I mean, sure, and I guess I guess the best way the mo- again the most respectful way to speak to this is to speak to personality traits. Gotcha. As opposed to just naming names, I'm not here to name names.
0: But what was the name? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: All my guidance. I mean, you know, all my Guidant was, uh, you know, that 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 was an interesting endeavor. But in terms of just personality traits, mm-hmm. uh if you if you view your workforce as lazy and incompetent and in need of supervision in order to complete tasks at a certain rate and time mm-hmm. and speed, then you're going to be a a type of person who doesn't instill a whole lot of trust in 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 the masses so to speak.
0: Right. So that's your worst worst boss is someone who basically expected you not to do your job and micromanaged. Yeah,
1: I mean I think my most challenging boss was when I worked for the church because it was for Mm. a group. It was for a a council, basically, you know. My church is governed by a group of elders, and it's like eight people. And when you got eight people to answer to, you know, that's a lot of different personalities, different motivations, different views on scripture and whatnot. And so you you, you just get into—and some of them own businesses, right? So it's like you own small businesses in town. This ain't a small business, though. This ain't that and you can't run me like that. And that ain't how it works like that. And and so it just those types of things were challenging. I do remember that.
0: That must be challenging because when you're working for a church, all those opinions are what's right, not different ways to do things, but what the correct way under God is to do something. So I can imagine that being really challenging.
1: The hardest part, and, and, Working for the church, like I said in previous podcasts, it was a great experience. I enjoyed my time, and it's the first job I had that gave me real autonomy over my time.
0: But And you still go to that church, right? I still do attend mm-hmm.
1: that church, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a faithful member of that church. But in terms of work environment, I stress it is a very difficult road to hoe when you're spirituality is tied to your paycheck. Mm. You're not allowed to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to let your emotions get the best of you. You're not allowed to 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 appear to be ungrateful. And the more competent you are, the more work they're going to put on you and say that it's for Jesus. Right. And I'm like, no, I do this job well for Jesus, but what I'm doing actually has a monetary value because I'm on the payroll. Right. And, and and a church or any organization like that that's not for profit uh, for the greater good is going to try to exploit you just because it's like, oh, well, we're doing good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to pay me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, What's
0: mm-hmm. that got to do with one thing or the other? No, oh, absolutely. It's definitely a trend within nonprofit work and among churches is that you have this greater good, this higher calling. Therefore, you just burn yourself out all the time. You do everything you possibly can because if not, then you don't care. Mm-hmm. And woo, yeah, that'll, that will burn you out. My worst boss ever sexually harassed me. <laughs> No way. And then they gave him a promotion. That's oh man. He was promoted out of my store. Yep. Like that. It that was, was Starbucks, their man. It was Starbucks in El Paso. I'll name names. I don't care. I looked him up. Oh. Uh. Let's just say I'm doing better than he is, so yeah.
1: Are you saying that the that the promotion was in response to the harassment?
0: Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. So I won't state that it is. Um but Certainly, he had poor behavior. He was moved to a different store. And then shortly thereafter, he was promoted. Um So wow. basically, yeah, he was older. He was our store manager and the, the manager for the whole store, not like a shift manager. And very inappropriate, not just with me, but especially with me. Once cornered me in the back in the kitchen and like threatened if I told anybody and like threw a rag at me and I was like, Oh, okay, we're done here. Like, we're done. Twenty year old Rebecca didn't quite know everything that was going on as I do now. Like thirty-four year old Rebecca would have like knee to the groin by, <laughs> but so I told the assistant manager, who turned out to be his best friend. No. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm really uncomfortable. So then it became a thing of, well, I wasn't trustworthy and I blew things way out of proportion. Um, And he came up to me at an event and was like, look, you really just misunderstood everything. This this is my job. This could be my marriage. This is this. And I was like, you said those things. Very explicit things that I will not repeat on this podcast. And then threatened me to say what would happen to me if I shared it. So, of course, I did. Um, So, I never went above him and officially reported. He was just like, I'm going to go to a different store now. And then shortly thereafter got a promotion.
1: It's I'm never shocked that organizations will put the health and wealth of an organization above the health and wealth of an individual. Mm-hmm. That's just that's that's OrgCom 101, that's Fail's <laughs> management theory. Like that's like, yeah, we got an HR department, but that HR department works for the organization and is about reassuring the health and wealth of the organization
0: HR is to protect the organization from getting sued by the employees Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sad but true typically if not stay always stay
1: away from the HR department mm-hmm. I don't if there's a recorder if they taking notes you shut up mm-hmm. <laughs> like they are not there they are not your advocate
0: since my partner is an attorney who often is dealing with wrongful termination cases he would agree with you 100 percent yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. sad because I think the saddest part about that is, as employees, we look to the HR department to be our advocate, but that's not really their role. Even it's not their role, even though the individuals often want that to be their role. That's not the organizational structure.
1: That's not how it's taught in school. Like people that ma- like major like th- they're not taught that. Th- those departments aren't for that.
0: Like that <laughs> that's why you don't need counseling degrees for it
1: right exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sending you to business school to be an hr no that, that that's about business that mm-hmm. ain't about people
0: yeah um that being said i don't really have grief with starbucks overall they pay decently for the time um as giant mega corporations go they're kind of one of the better ones in mm-hmm. terms of benefits being able to pay in for benefits at part time they were the very first ones to do that um but if you're looking at entry level work, like in Waco, um, Costco, well, there's no Costco in Waco, um, but it, Central Texas, Costco, HEB, In Out Burger, those all In-N-N-Out pay. In Out Burger, those all pay.
1: A. They're going to pay you. Raising Canes.
0: So they all have the best entry level sort of pay compared to Starbucks. Starbucks pays more than it used to, but um, yeah, things to think about.
1: But yeah, the grail for Texas, H-E-B and in and out Like, those H-E-B? are the spots. Mm-hmm. Those are the prime spots.
0: Absolutely. Um, other crappy jobs or crappy bosses?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I mentioned Alma, Alma at Guidant. This was 21, 22-year-old me. And mm-hmm. Guidant has been bought out by Abbott Laboratories. It's a medical parts facility. And my dealings with her showed me that, like, if if one person in power who's not even, like, over everything, mm. you know, you could be cool with your supervisor, you could be cool with your supervisor's supervisor, but if you have a lead on your line that controls your day-to-day and they don't like you, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be hell to pay because, like, I just remember coming back from break and it all stemmed from a huge misunderstanding, like, She came up to me and said that I was late. And I just kind of looked back at her and laughed and was like, so what? You're early. But Alma's English is a second language person and misunderstood what I said and thought, I said, so what? You're ugly. And ever since then, it was like, what can I do to get rid of this dude? I hate this dude. Because you called her ugly to her face. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know that it was that for like three months. Oh. And somebody else on the line was like, yeah, you called my Ugly. You don't remember? I'm like, no, I didn't call. I said she was <laughs> early. Okay? Like, get the cotton out of your ears. What are you doing?
0: Ooh, that's rough. Like, why
1: would I call somebody ugly to face? Like, who Who do you think I am? Like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I ended up in HR back at her. Like, she was, like, just coming for me in a, in a lot of ways. But, again, like, that job. I didn't care about that job. Like, I worked that job for three and a half years out of bare necessities. But as soon as I could bounce, I did.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if I've had HR experience. Oh, at Starbucks again, I did. The regional manager, I got in trouble with him because his nephew worked for us. The worst employee I've ever experienced in my entire life. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, truly egregious. He just decided in the middle of a busy shift, because he was so bad at this job, that is not difficult for anyone, in my opinion. Like, it's (laughs) literally making coffee. Oh, is it two pumps? Okay. Do the two (laughs) pumps, then pull the shot. Like, anybody can do it. Anybody can. He just decided he was going to quit on the spot. And the person who had to stay was pregnant, and she was sick. And I got in his face, and I said, that's really disrespectful. You can't quit right now. Like, if you want to quit your job, that's fine. You can't make this woman stay here. She doesn't feel well. You need to care about other people other than yourself. And he stormed out. And then the general manager was like, said that I was disrespectful to him and called him selfish. And I was like, yeah, no, I absolutely did. And they tried to get me to apologize. And I said I would not. So eventually they dropped it. But they legitimately were trying to get me to apologize to a man who left just in the middle of his shift. And because I said that's selfish and disrespectful to this pregnant woman, yep. <laughs> so it's like, no, that won't be happening. Absolutely not. Wow. I don't know, man. Weird hierarchies of power is strange out there in the service industry. <laughs> yeah, the
1: service industry. Ah, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan, and I'm thankful I ain't got to do that stuff no more. But like,
0: I think it builds empathy, though, and. It should almost be a rite of passage that I think everyone should be in some sort of service industry job before they move on to their career if you shift out of the service industry, right? There are careers to be made within it, too. Um, But if you're there for a short time and move on, I think it makes you a better person.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, because – you're less likely to be a jerk to a server because you know what goes on behind the scenes and that it's, you know, the cook that messed it up and they're the messenger. Don't yell at that person, right? right? Like, just be nice to that person. You know, you can not get walked over, but generally be respectful to the people serving your food and giving you coffee and working retail.
1: If you've seen the movie Waiting...
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) <laughs> you
1: you need to be very respectful to the people who are preparing your food because as some, I worked in a restaurant that was my first job huh. you you want to be very careful about what you do to people who are preparing your food because the people preparing your food are between the ages of 16 and 23 and they give no f's and they will exact revenge on you Mm -hmm. if they deem it necessary like i watched waiting i was like oh this is autobiographical like this is terrible who was their consultant on this move
0: oh yeah no that stuff happens it really 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 does (laughs) it definitely does oh yeah so it's just in your best interest not to be a jerk so so don't be it
1: um good advice
0: yeah so crap pay let's talk about crap pay (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, I wish I wish I wish that there was something for young people to really lay out what does it take to survive on your mm-hmm. own in different cities across this land? Mm-hmm. Because then you could really put a number on what crap pay is. You know, it's, it's like relative, okay, crap yeah. pay. Well, what's relative crap pay like? When I was working at the Family Fund Center, my first job, I was living at home and didn't have rent and didn't have bills and all the money I made was for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fine. that, yeah, that minimum wage, that 750 it's like, okay, well, I'm making like $160, $180 a week, but it's all mine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that, right? But if you had to live on that,
0: right. that's
1: a different frame.
0: Mm-hmm. And there is nowhere in this country, not a single zip code, where you can live off of working full time, making minimum wage, without you, and then under the guidelines that say your housing should be thirty percent or less of your right. income, exactly doesn't exist, not possible. Nope. Which is a whole other political issue. Um, but yeah, so anybody you know making minimum wage, trying to live off of it. But you make a great point that it's it's all very relative to one your circumstance. Are you the sole breadwinner? And do you have dependents? Where do you live? Because any job that makes six figures here would be, oh, my gosh, you have made it. You do not need anything. But that's not the case if you live in San Francisco necessarily.
1: Right. Yeah, you don't want to. No. I mean, you could could survive, but you won't be thriving off six figures in San Francisco.
0: Very different um, quality of life for sure.
1: You're going to get ready for some roommates. Uh, You're going to have some roommates.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think, I mean, I've had the nonprofit crap pay. And once again, it goes back to we want to pay your value, but we just can't because it's either grant funded or they don't have enough money or we've got to keep administrative costs low. So those were all there. Um, I worked with my dad for a while before we started nonprofit in El Paso. I worked with. Him off and on to help with a nonprofit they had called Christian Ministry Center. Was never paid for that, but it was kind of expected that we just went and we volunteered our time, and you know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily required of us, um, but that was sort of the expectation because he wasn't getting paid either. Nobody was getting paid, and that's sort of the nature of nonprofit work, not necessarily the nature of that individual nonprofit. Um, but one thing I do have a beef with is unpaid internships. And your school program requiring you to do an internship that is unpaid.
1: That's social work, yeah?
0: Yup. Because then not only are you, you're paying to work. You're paying to work. (laughs) Because you (laughs) paid for those credits. You have to pay the school to then go work for free for someone else. And it's, you know, and when it's social work, it's emotional labor. Those jobs are not Uh like, oh, just clock in, do some filing, go home, right? You're not just, like, helping them with tasks. They're heavy lifts. Yeah, so a lot of the social work program, they did have a few unpaid, or I'm sorry, paid internships. But when they would create this pool, and they set it up because it has to be approved. So because of the way they've set it up, it's on them to make the organizations that are working with this school pay us, right? Like that's that's on them, and they've not done that. So, and I understand that if they did that, a lot of organizations wouldn't be able to have interns. And I'd say that's okay. If you can't pay them, you don't deserve them.
1: I mean, what you're describing, ah, uh, it's pretty rough. It's not great. Like,
0: <laughs> it's not great. It's like,
1: man, that's like that IKEA model. Like, my goodness, we don't we don't like that.
0: Mm-mm. So what most of us ended up doing, and we talked about this a little bit with graduate uh, school week <laughs> last week, is that we would be doing our unpaid internship, going to school, and then doing a job that paid us. In and addition then doing
1: to it. a job mm-hmm. that paid you. Like, that's so foreign. Like, I, I'm all for working, but, like, you're a dual major. You say you were taking six classes a semester?
0: No, like four or five. It wasn't that bad.
1: Four four or five is bad. Like, that's a lot of classes at the graduate level when two classes is full time. Two classes is full time underneath the federal guidelines that, that, that qualify you for financial aid. So if two classes is full time and you're taking four, five, doing your unpaid internship and your real job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how anybody makes it out. Which I'm like, man, that might be the point. We, we just want right. to extract this money from you.
0: I, I did get a little salty toward the end because I was like, none of this matters. No. <laughs> it's all futile. I just wrote a 20-page paper that'll go into the garbage, you know, uh. those types of things. Yeah, I was not the best student toward the end because I just sort of resented that that system and that churn. And I often think, man, if I could do it again, but I would never do it again. <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, okay, uh, so, crap pay being minimum wage and unpaid internships. Have you ever done any unpaid work?
1: Not for any long, extended period of time. Nah. I think while you were talking about crap pay, I just think, like, there's the obvious crap pay. hmm But, like, there's certain jobs that you know. Like, you know and they know. You're trading your time for money, and we're going to give you the least amount required but but then there's those other jobs where it's this, it's almost like this patina of of relevance, this this shroud of of credibility where we're inside and we're in AC and we have stuff and and we make a little bit of money, but not a whole lot of money and and the raises are, are almost good. Like when I, I think about guidant and it's like a place like guidance will trap you. They will trap you because they will start you out. At twenty six, twenty seven thousand dollars a year, give you a one to two percent raise every year, and give you stock options, and have you thinking, you know, health benefits, and have you, and th- th- there's a credit union inside of Guidant that is very favorable in terms of loans. You know, the parking lot at Guidant is beautiful, Escalades and BMWs because they're taking it right out of your check. And, and in turn, you're working overtime to pay for those escalades and hey. it's double time. But double time is only twenty three dollars an hour. And people are like, man, I'm making twenty three dollars an hour. Like, yeah, but you've worked thirty six hours straight. You are not a nurse. You're making parts for, for companies like these parts that we're making for guidance are selling to be put in somebody's body for 20 grand a pop. They paying us a pittance. We're pushing out 70 of these things an hour and they're selling them for $20,000 a piece on the back end. Like mm. this is terrible. And if you don't see it, you'll be there forever. And I know people who are, and that's the crap job in my, in yeah, my view.
0: No, that's crap pay for sure. Relative to the labor you're producing. Yeah. You're producing what yeah. you're for. Yeah, no, that's a smart framing for sure. It's kind of an early model of what we see as like the total institutions that have become some jobs. Here's your daycare. Here's your this. We'll give you <laughs> your meals. They don't want you to leave. Don't leave. <laughs> <Just> don't leave. <laughs> Just don't you dare leave. But why would you? It's so great here. Just don't ever <laughs> leave.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh.
0: Then there's the crap pay where you know you're paid inequitably to your peers for doing the same job.
1: There's that pay.
0: Suffice to say that I have experienced that and have known that. And so that's always an interesting thing to try to fix from the employer position um, and to try to convince your superiors that you actually deserve to get paid the same as your colleagues for doing the same job.
1: And it, and it goes to like people writing in handbooks. Hey, you're not supposed to discuss your pay with other people. But that that's not true. Uh-huh. And that's not lawful. It's just yeah, something that... Yeah, it's
0: illegal to tell someone that they're not allowed to discuss their pay with their colleagues.
1: Right. It's totally But we've illegal. all seen it. We've oh, seen that. Oh, yep. No, I've been
0: that told language. that. That language. I've yeah. been told that.
1: Oh, you're not supposed to talk about that. Well, why not? Oh, because you don't want people to know.
0: Right. Because it'll... I had a boss once say, well, because it will um, make people unhappy. And I was like, because we're being paid inequitably? <laughs> What I do appreciate, I think millennials and the younger generation are much more open about talking about pay, and I think that's important. There's still some um, taboo around it, but I, I think we should talk about it, and especially with our coworkers, because you should know if you're not making it. And then you can go and ask your boss, and they can be like, oh, well, they've been here for longer, or they're performing better, and you're not, right? Have honest conversations. There might be legitimate reasons, but there also might not be
1: yeah I'm not advocating for anybody being paid the same i'm 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 advocating for hey if you've got if you've got the same title mm-hmm.
0: as somebody
1: in the same department mm-hmm. and you find out what they're bringing in and it's ridiculous compared to what you're bringing in that deserves a conversation Absolutely. but like you know a place like this is this is inside baseball for academia, but like you can't. I can't go comparing my salary to no business professor. That's right, ridiculous. Right, or some right. law professor mm-hmm. or somebody in the school of medicine, right? Like, that's ridiculous because the school has to pay them to not go private.
0: They have to stay competitive within their field. Same yes. thing with, like, chemistry. You know, they have to stay competitive within because, yeah, they can go work for a lab and make six figures. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. As long as there is, but within, sort of like within the unit, within the department. So you're actually yes. comparing apples to apples, yes. I believe in equitable pay. But you're right that if we just look at, oh, look, they, these two people have the same uh, title, that that's not often indicative of the work or of the competitiveness of the uh, the rest of the market. So yeah. yeah,
1: and if you're looking at like institutions, like it's like, okay, if you're – If you're at a a large R1 public institution and you're comparing that to a small liberal arts college, Mm -hmm. even department to department, there's going to be huge variance between what somebody's getting paid at a small liberal arts college, even in your department, versus if you're at an R1 type spot. Or if you're, you know, at some, you know, private MIT, Harvard, Berkeley type place like that. But again, if you live in Berkeley and you make six figures, that's not that's not going to really help you live in there
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay what about terrible work what's the terrible work you've had to do or you've done
1: okay so the the most difficult job that i had and when i was like looking at the sky like what have i done <laughs> i need to make some changes like I, I i took four bad turns in a row and here i am oh no <laughs> I, I i went to a temp agency this was in California. I went to a temp agency and, you know, just looking for work. And I was like, I'm trying to do whatever. And they sent me to this brick factory. Okay. Oh. Now, I don't know if you know how bricks are made, but I know how bricks are made. Right? I
0: didn't know you laid bricks Are you made I bricks.
1: I didn't I didn't lay bricks because I didn't stay long enough to lay bricks. Okay. I, I was at the brick factory. Wow. Right? Now, the brick yeah. factory, when you start at this brick factory, if you start out the brick factory... You're, you're, you're at this conveyor belt, and you have this pallet. And so the conveyor belt is coming down, and the bricks are coming down hot, and you got these gloves, and you're just stacking the bricks on this pallet. And then somebody comes in a forklift, takes that pallet to go be delivered, to wherever it's delivered to and there's different kinds of bricks there's the red brick and then there's the red brick with the gray speckled paint <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, and then there's the
1: conglomerate mm-hmm. rock brick and 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 you're they're just coming and you're just stacking come and stacking come and stacking like your forearms are going to be burning and 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 cool. and in california they have to tell you like hey the the the, the things you're breathing in will kill you and so when you walk through the gate, it's like, yeah, the chemicals at this plant are known by the state of California to cause. And then it just lists all these health defects. So they give you like a mask. Cool. But you're cool, like, cool. dude, this is I'm breathing in like I, I feel my lungs collapsing mm. daily. Mm. I can't get this brick dust off of me. And like I sucked at it. Like there were pro brick stackers. They were like, Anthony, you're, you're not going fast enough. I'm like, I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> I
0: was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, this is not the spot. <laughs> I did not know that. How long did you stay there? Four days. Oh!
1: <laughs> four days. I went back to the tip agency like, yo, y'all gotta give me something else.
0: <laughs> I did not think you are gonna say days after four. four
1: days. I couldn't do it no more. I was like, I can't. I can't do this.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Four days I mean, you've got me beat that's a pretty good <laughs> Four days is pretty good. oh man, let's see what terrible work. So when I was younger, sometimes on the weekends we would go clean condos in Florida like as a family and that's that ugh, la, 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 la. the things you find fifteen year old Rebecca was like finding used condoms and there was one gone Mm-mm. when
1: you say clean condos are mm-hmm. you mean like like, Rentals like time, right? Shares? Yeah, rentals. So Whoa. there were
0: companies in town. There were like two in particular that would just sort of have a sign-up sheet, and it's like all of these need to be cleaned over the weekend, and you get paid fifty bucks a pop for each condo. Now they're not like hotel rooms, right? <laughs> they're right. condos. They're like five room condos. So you get oh, paid like no. fifty bucks for that. So we would go like as a family and go and clean them. That was pretty pretty grody.
1: That's a great word.
0: Yeah, grody. And then there's also <laughs> the weird classism thing that happens where you're in grungy clothes. And you're also like a young teenager, so everything's mortifying all the time. And you're in the elevator with the people whose house you just cleaned that are like going oh. to their vacation. And you're like standing next to the person that's the same age as you. And you're like, cool, I just I just made your bed. And my oh. dad... So my mom and I were always a little bit like Ugh, uncomfortable and quiet because we felt the social discomfort of that. My dad would be like, good morning. And like we're holding buckets, right? And mops. And my dad's like shaking the hand of the guy with the Rolex. And we're just like, stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> but now I'm like, good for him, right? Just yeah, break, live your breaking life. through that, right? He's a human talking to another human. Good for him. But yeah, th- those are weird. And a couple of years ago, I went with Ben's family to Florida, and we stayed in a condo. And it was just this weird, weird alternate reality where I was like, I could have literally cleaned this. <laughs> it may have been one of these that I cleaned, and now I'm staying in it. It's strange.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: uh, weird. And then, oh, and I worked at the food warehouse in El Paso that my dad was working with, um, or running literal crap. Pigeon crap. no pigeon crap no pigeons no get into warehouses mm-hmm.
1: pigeons
0: you got to take care of them pigeons because they can't can't be getting on any of that food so that was a whole thing and then we would get pallets of food from a local grocery store um, and often we would get them because they were re- rejected so like a forklift driver puts the blades through the cans and they're like kill it they wrap it up they send it to us so. You would have to you know take the saran wrap off and then salvage the cans that were good and get rid of the ones that were bad so you can imagine oh. the things that would oh. be let's just say maggots they were maggots
1: and you had to get through those to get to the salvageable cans
0: Cose them all down clean it off uh-huh gross so yeah in some cases literal crap <laughs> that was pretty grody oh. another grody one but those are like the the actual work being kind of gross. We were talking about environment, though. He used that word. So there were terrible work, I guess, experiences because of the environment. Have you had that? I mean, your environment, you explained with the bricks, uh, seemed pretty bad. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like, tension, maybe it's not as a direct result because of a crappy boss, but just the whole company environment is weird or the work is weird.
1: Where it was the most stark was a a place... It was a place in town called EMSI. I worked there for four years. Uh, And this place, I guess the best way to describe them is there are doctors and there are lawyers. (laughs) And there are medical records. And these medical records are needed by these lawyers to conduct their cases. And they don't want to deal with the doctors themselves because dealing with doctors is terrible when you're trying to get records for patients. So they contract out. And they contract out to get these records in steps EMSI, the remora fish, the 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 the, <laughs> the 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 parasite, so to speak, on the backs of both the lawyer and the doctor trying to pretend like there's some type of bastion of anything when they're not lawyers or doctors. They're just the people in between. And so that job is like you've got this whole call center calling for records. The records come in. The records need to get scanned and sent wherever they need to go. Thankfully, I wasn't on the phone calling nobody. I was in the records department. But like, just the ethos of a place like EMSI, we don't make anything. We don't build anything. We don't make anybody better. We're just here as middlemen. And it's only because lawyers don't want to do it themselves. Like, Their time's so valuable that they don't have time or the inclination to build their client at that level. So they contracted out to these losers over here to get the records. And the fact that there was like, pressure and strain and stress in this place Mm. and i was just looking around like you guys are all idiots you guys are all (laughs) idiots this place is trash how dare you try to make me wear slacks in here how dare you try to make because oh clients are coming this ain't no place of bit this ain't no this is just again a parasitic environment Mm. masquerading as a business all like the thing I hate about America the most is we don't build anything here anymore. All we do is put our hand in the next man's pocket and call it a career. Like I I can't stand that. I can't stand that. We're we're at the, the, the precipice of intellectual greatness, and all we could do is play middleman and be like, ooh. Like like, like I remember going to Franklin's barbecue. I don't know if you've ever been to Franklin's barbecue in Austin, but it's fantastic. It's meat candy. Everybody should go.
0: That brisket.
1: But early on, there's always a line. But early on, right, there would be a line. There's always a line. Mm -hmm. But early on, there was people out there that was selling chairs, right? They were selling chairs. Like, okay, hey, I'm selling chairs. You can rent my chair. You can sit down. They was making bank. And then Franklin's was like, you know what? We'll give you these chairs for free. And now these dudes was out of business, and they was actually mad. I'm like, you should have been thanking your lucky stars that you could go to Costco and get some chairs and make this money off this great barbecue. But that's that's who we are now. It's like, oh, you got some loot over there? How can I get 3% of that? Let, let, me, let me glom onto that. I'm not going to try to make or build or create anything myself. I'm going to just, you know, that, that, that's the part of EMSI that just it burns me up. And in any institution like that, I'm like, Interesting mm,
0: analogy, I right? hate that. Interesting. Hi. I'm trying to think. I've I've definitely been in jobs where it felt futile. The work was just – you couldn't feel like, oh, we're doing something. We're creating something. We're making something. That's honestly why Starbucks for all of its other terribleness was kind of nice because you make something, you see it, yes. you hand it off. Yes. There's that instant gratification. And then you go home, right? Mm-hmm. You're not worried about, now, did I make the latte with <laughs> enough foam, right? There's no right. stress in terms of that portion of the job. Um, So there's something to be said about that. And there have been times in the past where I'm like, maybe I should just go back into the service industry because you're making something and you see it and there's just satisfaction that comes with that. So I completely understand when you're saying uh, it's futile and people just taking it so seriously. Like, Super Guys, serious. Guys, it's not that serious. Just just provide records. That's That's what we're doing here. I felt that way a little bit with my consultant job. So, you know, people pay you to either build a website or try to get this person elected or try to get this person reelected or this initiative off the ground and it all just feels a little bit smarmy because that's politics but I think in particular there wasn't anything necessarily like super wrong with that job and that that's the job where my cousin's husband kind of gave me that break so props to him and I don't have anything negative to say about him for sure it was a conservative consulting firm as I was figuring out that I was not conservative. And so that part for me was just really conflicting. And so because of that, the work became pretty terrible. And some of it was fine and some of it I was legitimately just conflicted with what I was doing and it felt wrong. And I went through college, which is kind of interesting, considering myself to be a Republican even though my views on immigration were very liberal, my views on sort of welfare and supports and making sure that families have what they need were very liberal, I didn't see it that way. Like, I didn't get the framing of it, I guess, politically. And I was voting Republican, kind of against some of the core things that I at least believe now, But which, of course, people could argue night and day about if that's fair or not. And so I didn't really get that until i got this job though out of undergrad and i was like oh the things there i thought i was conservative but i don't agree with any of these things (laughs) um yeah so that that became kind of tricky um around environment around uh, like environmental stuff immigration stuff and so that's that's ultimately why i was like i don't think this consulting works for me or if it is for me in the future i would need to be able to choose my own clients
1: oh yeah that'd be a big big step up Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. consulting game if you're actually choosing who you're consulting for versus being told, and you will create the greatest thing ever for this thing you don't agree with.
0: Right, yeah. So that was just tricky. And just the environment was everybody else's politics were aligned and then I was over here being like, "Uh, I feel conflicted about that. And not really having the education. I mean, I I had a degree, but in terms of political education to really of understand what was happening there so it took me a while to find my politics i guess you could say
1: yeah i mean my first foray into communication i i always thought i was going to go into the public relations field and be a speech writer and, and and talk to the media that way but mm-hmm. then i realized i'm like oh pr is explaining bad behavior for people and, and turning their crises into triumphs mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not willing to spend my life doing that for people that don't even respect my gifts i'm like yeah i can tell you how to make that sound better yeah. But I'm not going to help you do that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that for you. I'm just not.
0: Cover up that bad thing so you can do it again in the future.
1: No. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, we're not doing that.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, Other environments in terms of either the work or environmental issues that made the work terrible? Maybe that's a strong word. Uh, No, I
1: think I got it pretty well surrounded. Nothing, Nothing rises to the level like what I talked about with the other stuff
0: the brick laying or i'm sorry the brick making you were there for four days you never laid them
1: i never (laughs) laid no brick i've stacked them on pallets i still can feel that tension in my forearms like that was no joke
0: man respect (laughs) to people who do that that's that's a tough job that's rough yes i I would obviously i mean you've seen these arms (laughs) they're they're lifting nothing (laughs) no no muscle here um i guess the only other thing is in the service industry jobs that i've had particularly coffee shops, particularly Starbucks. Keeps coming back to that for some reason. Um, Really weird stuff with dudes thinking that you owe them a date. Strange. Mm. Like that happened a lot. And I know it sounds like guys wanted to go out with me, and that sounds a little gross. Um, But one, I'm not a model. Two, I have no idea. It's like this thing in certain people's heads where they were like, oh, it's the barista. Me and the barista will get together together. And, and so you're trying to work, like you're literally there trying to do a job. It's the rush. Tons of people are in 13 year olds need their Frappuccinos. People need to go to work and people are trying to flirt with you and they get mad at you if you don't respond like favorably to them. And so that's just kind of something that would happen. That was a little bit annoying, but I did legitimately have a guy that stalked me and Goodness. he did this for a couple of months. He would wait in the parking lot. No, nah. Our night shift ends at 1 a.m. And then you close, so you're leaving at 2 a.m. And I'd have to have people go and walk to my car with me. Like, I had my parents come pick me up for a while because of it. Um, Like, it was an issue. And one night, I lost it. And Rebecca today would would probably handle it more tactfully and would have addressed it earlier. But I had already asked him to leave me alone. And I just went (laughs) off on him in the middle of a shift in front of other customers. And told him what he was doing was criminal, it wasn't okay, we were never going to date, he was scaring me, Ooh. he needed to leave me alone, and I didn't ever want to see him again. Ooh. rough, right? Wouldn't do it that way now. But, I still stand by, he made me feel like my life was in danger, and I made him feel like I didn't want to have sex with him.
1: Right. You yeah, know? The, 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 yeah. There's a chasm between those two yeah. realities.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I... After I kind of flipped, I, I felt bad because I was like, I, I didn't mean to be that harsh. But also, I was legitimately afraid and I had already asked him to leave me alone and he wouldn't. So it's like, ah. And I also had a guy write a screenplay about me. He came to to uh, Starbucks every single day with his buddies. And they would write and they had this big writing group. That was all fine. And then one day he's like, I want you to look at my screenplay. And it was about me. And it was about Something how
1: about he- Larson.
0: Oh. And it was like this whole thing about how he secretly admired me from the you know from the table and would watch me while I worked yes and then we no. and then of course we ended up together and this guy was like uh, 20 years older than me and i was like no ah people stop doing that so just weird things like that that make just when you're trying to go to work you're trying to do your job well and then you're trying to go spend your money challenging when people think they almost like deserve your attention romantically and that's a whole more societal issue i think that is not helped by romantic comedies probably right (laughs) right no
1: absolutely not do the
0: big gesture never give up i'm like well no respect when they say no you should give up Mm -hmm. you
1: should walk away keep your dignity
0: yeah don't and don't get mad if they politely decline right and so um, that was always just weird. It was just strange, but it doesn't happen. You get older, you, <laughs> if you stop getting hit on. It's great. It's really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it really is. I'm like, oh, I haven't hit on in such a long time and I'm so fine with that. But <laughs> my ego is, can live with that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've been married for fourteen years. In right. July, like it's really good to be out the game. Like I don't Ooh. even know what the game is. Like my students tell me about the game and how it the game works, bad. and I'm like, man, you guys need a you guys need a tetanus shot. Like this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is not the game that I remember playing. You need a tetanus shot.
0: Yeah, man, I would not want to have to date with apps. Right. No. I don't want that. I don't want that. I really do feel for folks. It's tough, and then to be. So prejudged and you having to prejudge based on profiles online. Oh, oh, yeah. I've been with Ben for 13 years in September and we often talk about, man, if we ever Mm-mm. break up, we'd be so screwed trying to date again. <laughs> Do not want. No, look, never, no, never, I never. I don't want Ooh. that
1: life. I don't Mm-mm. want
0: that life. So It's tough. Yeah. Before
1: we close, I just want to say. Absolutely. Before okay. we close, I want to say, y'all, no matter what y'all doing, no matter what job you have, your job is not reflective on who you are. Like, it's just your job. Yep. Like, crappy job, good job, whatever. If you're making money and supporting your family and you're not breaking any laws and you're doing what you need to do to be a positive part of society, but but if you can recognize that this job ain't for you, that means you need to just try to get a different Mm -hmm. spot, be more respected. But what you're doing is not who you are, right? Like, there's more to it than that. We have more value as as human beings than that. Mm-hmm. Than than whatever somebody's willing to pay you. You're you're not worth what somebody's willing to pay. Like yes. a life is worth more than what somebody's willing to pay you. Like know that. Your time is worth more than money. Know Preach. that.
0: Preach. Preach. I like that. Thanks for saying that. Good stuff. For sure. I'd also add on to that. Don't let other people determine what job is right for you and what you should want. If mm-hmm. you like making those bricks and that works for you and you have satisfaction just because it didn't work for someone else doesn't mean that that's a job that you should fight to get out of if you're happy there right there's nothing there should be no shame or stigma around service industry jobs or any type of job if it fulfills you and it allows you to provide for your family that's fantastic if you're unhappy well then yeah make a change but Also, sometimes you can work really hard to get to another job that you feel like you should be in, that looks better, that you can get more praise from the outside as sort of arriving or making it and be totally miserable. So it's going to be different for everyone.
1: Indeed.
0: Indeed.
1: All right, Rebecca, what's the quote of the week?
0: I'm not good at noticing when I'm happy, except in retrospect. Ooh. This has been This is for the CV. Thanks for listening, Mom.
1: The music composed for this podcast is performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man.